What up, y'all? It's DJ NV. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. And Welcome. T- today's a very special day. It's my baby's birthday. Yay. That's right. February 1st. That's when God gave me this angel. Oh, I'm an angel. Happy birthday, baby. Thank you. I love you. I love you, too. I love you, more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were on time this week. Yes. I should knock you out for last week. All right, but you're on time this week. I'm on time. I, listen, has this not been my thing? Has being on time not been my thing? I've been fr- pr- pretty friggin' dope at it lately. Call me a liar. You was, you was late last week. I wasn't late. We're not going to go back into that. But have I not been, yeah, you've been awesome? You've been, you've been good. Madison is even shocked at me. Okay, you've been yes. good. I'm going to wear a little birthday suit for you later on. A birthday suit is the lack of wearing something. That's actually. exactly it. I'm going to wear nothing That's for you later on. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> And this podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Now, Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I want to cook something fly for my baby. All right? Now, you like when I cook for you, right? I like when you cook for me. Now, I meant to ask you, do you like when I cook with clothes on and with clothes off? I mean, isn't that kind of a no-brainer? Because all the juices, you might get juices you don't really want. In the <laughs> Why are you so nasty? All right, now. This is an advertisement. Blue Apron. <laughs> Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Crew. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash Crew to sign up for Blue Apron to get those first three meals free with free shipping. And you maybe you can cook as good as I can with all the seasonings. <laughs> All the seasonings. Minus one. Well, of course, uh, shout to everybody that follows us, that uh, leaves comments. We appreciate it. Uh, and you can always hit us up, thekcrew at gmail. That's T-H-E-E-K-C-Crew at gmail.com. We appreciate the comments on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. SoundCloud. However you want to holler at us, we appreciate it. And don't forget, Caroline's. We're doing our bro, our podcast live at Caroline's February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. It's a perfect date night. The 8 o'clock show sold out, so we're going to do a 10.30 show. Mm-hmm. We and, added it. Um, we, want you to, we want you guys to come. Hang out with us. Yeah, we'd love to meet you. Absolutely. So, again, hit up carolines.com, get your tickets, and spend the 13th with us. Yeah, February 13th with us. Yes. Now we got some special guests in the building. Yes. We have Chrisette Michelle. Welcome. Bonjour, bonjour. A, a Grammy uh, award-winning Chrisette Michelle. Let me say it <laughs> right. And we have her fiancé, Biggs. What's going on, yeah? Now, um, for y'all, for those that don't know, me and Biggs' relationship go way back. He's from Long Island. Queens. He's, Queens. You from Queens. She's from Long Island. She's from Long Island. <laughs> She's from Queens. He used to throw parties all the time. He used to hire me to to DJ his clubs. So you were a promoter? Because of her. Party promoter, because yeah, of Chrisette. Yeah, because of her. Okay. Yep. And Chrisette would, it was it would be an after party to like a pre-party. So Chrisette would perform and it would be a lot of people out there to perform. And then I would kind of just close out. Mm-hmm. That's how I even heard the name Chrisette Michelle. Yeah. So she would start it. Yes. And you would close it. Right. Okay. Yeah, but she would sing and I would DJ. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, let, what, what, what year are you talking about? about how gonna, long ago I'm not going to put the year out Oh, there. I was going to be a, like, what? That's, that's, that's a little too far back, yeah. you know. But Chrisette has been in the news crazy recently. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, for performing at the inauguration, Donald Trump's inauguration. Now, how has that been since you performed? I've seen you doing interviews. I've seen you doing press. How has it been? Before we ask, how has it been? Mm-hmm. How are you? 
I think the how has it been versus the how are you mm-hmm. has been the balance of question. Mm-hmm. Um, the how are you is something that I haven't really given much space to. I'm kind of used to being um, sort of bait or clickbait. Do you know what I mean? No. Well, doing like a... Um, <clears throat> Like reality series, for instance, mm-hmm. is say if you say something people don't agree with, it's like, oh, let's, you know, blog about this. Let's uh, tweet about this. Let's. So I'm kind of used to that mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. So I kind of am a little desensitized to I it. I see. Do you know? And to bullying. Say what it to is. To bullying. bullying. Mm-hmm. And I keep forgetting to use that word. So everybody keeps reminding me. But, but I'm so, it's, it's, it's happened so much mm-hmm. to myself and so many of my peers. I've seen people suicidal. I've seen people on mm. drugs. I've seen people, right. you know, because of it. So that side of it, and I'm always grateful when someone asks because it shows how much they care and I appreciate mm-hmm. the concern. But that part of it, I kind of turn off. Mm. Maybe it'll come out this weekend when I go to the spa. Do you know what I mean? I do. Maybe that's the next Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean mm-hmm. by that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you need therapy for. Mm-hmm. The other side is, you know, it's interesting what we call, and this is not the right way to phrase it, African America. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Now, uh, black Twitter is supposed to be African America. Mm-hmm. Right. It All 10,000 of those people are the voice of all of us. And I refuse to allow that to be our definition. I just can't let that be the case. I can't make believe that I think that also. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Gail King earlier today and I'd said what I just said on CNN and she pulled that part out of my interview and said, I'm so proud that you were smart enough to say that we're not black Twitter. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So does that divide us more? I hope not because at the end of the day, I hope that black Twitter, white Twitter, all Twitters <laughs> can right. be American together again. So. But it, it bothers me. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing that bothers me about quote unquote black Twitter is the best thing about people is everybody has a different opinion on everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if your opinion necessarily doesn't agree with mine, that doesn't make you a coon. It doesn't make you worse than me. It just should bring a conversation. Totally. And I, and I see it all the time in life with, with, for instance, you performing at the inauguration. Whether I agree or disagree, that doesn't make me feel or look at you any less than who you are. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're my sister. Mm-hmm. Biggs is my brother. If you do something that I don't agree with, I'm like, look, I don't agree. Tell me why. Yeah. And then I can say, well, this is the reason why. And then at the end of the day, we hug and then we can go to the club or go to the movies together. It doesn't have to be what this black Twitter or the, what they do with bullying online. And I hate it. It disturbs the <clears throat> shit out of me. Mm-hmm. It really does. Mm-hmm. I think the only time that it's okay to judge somebody is when you know that someone does something with bad intention. Yeah. Aside from that, I never think it's okay to judge people. And with your situation, and in a couple of moments, I want you, with your own words, to Mm -hmm. describe what your quote-unquote situation was. Explain for people that may not be as savvy or into politics or paid as much attention or particularly know what's going on with you. I want for you to explain from your point of view what happened. Um, But I don't think it's ever okay to judge people if they don't have bad intentions. And I think that you did what 
worked for you with your own set of reasons. So can you explain? Yeah, and set of resources. So I'll, I'll start start by saying that I've been a girl who's spoken at events for the NAACP. I've been the girl who opened up for Barack Obama at the uh, Black Congressional Caucus. I'm the black girl who was at the, the DNC conventions. And so I've always been that girl. I didn't always tweet about it. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I haven't always Instagrammed about it. And I, I never really was sure that... Um, the folks who are on those platforms would be interested in that side of me. Um, so it wasn't something that I spoke too much about, but I've been to nearly every HBCU uh speaking with the young people not even performing just talking right. uh, I went to Harvard University and we did a, a a panel on art for change so this is who I've been so you've always been socially awfully and culturally socially. conscious awfully mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, probably to a lot of my family's dismay um, I grew up in a Pentecostal church on Marcy and Fulton in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and plug and mm-hmm. it you never heard politics come from the pulpit. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You don't mix those two things together. So it wasn't the type of thing that I could go and sit with my pastor with and say, well, you know, Bishop, how do I go about, you know, in evoking a conversation here? Um, so I would like to start by saying that I've always been that girl. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I'm talking about way back to Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the girl with the UNICEF box so going it's something from door that's, to door. That's, that's always dear to your heart. Always. Okay. Um, people say, why do you have Audrey Hepburn on your tattoo sleeve? Read Audrey Hepburn's biography. See what she did for, quote unquote, us, because who's us now? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so that was the, that my life has been a springboard for this moment. Um, whenever I get calls like those, I'm there fast. You don't even have to ask me twice because I'm, I'm read up. Do you know, I'm, I'm reading books like a world in disarray or, um, the black elephant in the room. Those are in my phone now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's where I speak from all the time. And whenever I'm given an opportunity to speak from there, you don't really have to ask me twice. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not even a second thought. It's another opportunity to, to make things different. Uh, so, when I got the phone call, and I thank you for allowing me to, you know, have this conversation. But when I got the phone call, it was just another one of those moments. Where's the microphone? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I definitely didn't automatically think about Twitter. I didn't automatically think about Instagram. I didn't think about CNN. All these people that are reaching out now, I didn't think about. I mean, we had Snapchat reach out and be like, can you do a snap about? And we're like, snap. Right. <laughs> Snapchat right. calls. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know there was a black Snapchat. I, I wasn't aware. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. am I black Snapchat? Do you know, do I fit in? This week you do. <laughs> yeah, this, this, yeah, this week you were. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, I remember saying, he, he Doug calls me into his office. And he's like, Big's is- name is Doug. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. we may use his name interchangeably. So let's let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think okay. we get a lot of laughs for that because I don't know that I ever call him Biggs unless I say thank you, Mr. Biggs. Mm-hmm. That's usually, it feels mm-hmm. sex in the city. <laughs> uh, but so he calls me into his office. He's like, will you, uh, they asked if you want to perform. And I don't even know that he was telling me, okay, I'll tell you the whole thing. The first words out of my mouth are, Absolutely. When do I have? When do I have to be there? Are we gonna have to cancel the show? Like I was already planning. Like right. mm-hmm. I was saying, jokingly. Like that, yeah, so know, that's what I was about to say. You're never gonna believe this, you know, kind of yeah. laughing it off. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, 
Hell yeah. So let me and interject. And he's like, hell no. Okay, so yeah. your immediate response was Absolutely. no way. Why? Absolutely not. Because of what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, we the crazy thing is just two months ago, we were with the Obamas mm-hmm. in the White House. Mm-hmm. And to see everything that happened with this president, our now president, being elected, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay... Grab him by the pussy came out before the election. Right. Right. All of this stuff that he <clears throat> talked about being divisive happened before the election. Mm-hmm. And he still got elected. Right. Right. So to see the outrage, I'm like, okay, well, that that from the black community, I knew it was going to be misplaced. And for you as a black woman to stand up next to this white man, it's going to look as if you're supporting him. Right. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what your intentions are, right. regardless of what your agenda is, the conception is, I support him. And I, we were sitting with a bunch of our friends and I said, you know what, this is, this is, this is capitalism at its best. It's elitism at its best. You know, if, if you make money, you're going to continue to make money, whoever, the, regardless of who the president is, whether it's a Democrat or Republican, you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you don't have a way out. You're still going to feel like you don't have a way out, regardless of who it is that's president. Mm -hmm. So for the people that are well off, Mm -hmm. they think absolutely nothing of it. For those people who may not be as well off, they're always going to look for a person to throw the dart at. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was going to be her. So I'm like, no, we can't do this. This is not even something that we're talking about. So tell us about that conversation between the two of you. So he says that. And it's one of those moments because now I've made a commitment for this man to be my husband. Mm-hmm. So that was like a me and God thing. Like, that's like the real deal. You right. Know? Like, right. And you you call your mom. You're like, OK, mom, now this whole submissive thing. Like, mm-hmm. how do I handle this moment? She's like, just be quiet. Do you right. know, like whatever, yes. you know, just God is going to have just mm-hmm. hush. So I put on, you know, my cute little outfit in the house and just walk around. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just walk around. And and I realized it wasn't that. And so I got on my face and and I just asked a few questions. And it wasn't that. It was just where the next microphone was going to be or not. So we leave the next day to go to Barbados. Um, We had the whole team, 20 folks deep, uh, going out to hang out with turtles. Mm -hmm. (laughs) His phone drops in the water. And so a lot of phone calls, he's now missing. And now no, I'm panicking. No, wait, 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 yeah. yeah. You're missing a part. So we get on the plane. We don't talk about it anymore okay? Right. until right. we actually get on the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're on the plane and she's <clears throat> like, so what happened with the inauguration? I just want to tell everybody out there listening, the plane is the worst place <laughs> to have a conversation. <laughs> yes. Because you can't get away. Yes. You can't, you know, we I got you so, cornered between like, me bigs, and that window. <laughs> I'm in the plane. You and got some answering Something to that's do. been on her mind for weeks. Right yeah. Right she there in the plane. Can't and you move. can't. And, and, how did, and how does it start? Let me ask you a question. Right there. <laughs> right there. <laughs> that plane. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so that's exactly what it was. Let me ask you a question. What's up? What What happened with the inauguration? I said, um, I gave them an offer. And she was like, what was the offer? I said, well, they want you to do two, two, two different things. They want you to do the lawn and then they want you to do the ball. She's like, what was the offer? <laughs> so then tells I, me this ridiculous so, so I tell her this ridiculous pie in the sky number that we haven't charged anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Now, for everybody out there, that, that usually happens when 
you don't really want to do something, but you don't want to say no. So you throw them an outrageous so, number and then they come back and say yes. Right. And that's exactly what happened. So mm-hmm. she 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 looked at me with like fury in her eyes. Mm-hmm. I never and that was the discussion. I was like, well, and I didn't go into detail with her, but that was my logic. Well, you know, I don't want to be political at all in this. So let me just try to 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 to, to ration the 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 number to a place where they would never say yes. Right. And they came back and they said yes. Mm-hmm. So know? why were you furious? Well, she didn't she didn't know right then and there. She was oh. just mad that I would even tell them something that was ridiculous. Oh, okay. In I terms see. of the negotiation of the contract. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then we're in Barbados. Thank God for that, because then we got to kind of settle down. And like she said, I understand this all happened seven days before the the ball. Mm-hmm. So this conversation is happening six days before the ball. I see. Yeah. So now his phone drops into the into the ocean. First of all, uh, BTW, he is an epic swimmer. I mean, he can like do all the like <laughs> stuff. He He's likes the turtles. As soon as I attract, I attract turtles. So when the turtles start coming to me, I'm usually the first one out of the water just out but anyway so he gets in the water with turtles and his phone is in his back pocket he comes out and his phone drops on the boat and he's like crap my phone Mm -hmm. so now um you know he's receiving less phone calls so the truth of the matter is i think that he still would have gotten the email from the people he was uh negotiating with but he didn't get all the family members concerned or somebody whoever you know said she's performing or negotiating i don't know what but he didn't get all that stuff so we didn't get the panic so people the public there were people that were a part of the public that got wind of the idea that you may be very performing spooky. Yeah, that, very fast yeah. very spooky With, right? before you gave an before actual gave yes an or no yeah okay. I, re- I remember this is only six days now mm-hmm. so if we were to see anything we would have went through like five or six days <laughs> of you know panic contract negotiation panic back Mm -hmm. and forth and we didn't know any of that because my phone was in the water and in Barbados people aren't you know as quick to start a political conversation Mm -hmm. you know like it's not as uh, uh, open of a topic but Um, it's also not here exactly you know you're not in America so you know yeah exactly the temperature would be different Totally. As far as the importance of it. So, mm-hmm. so how did y'all talk about it? Because now, you're, you're, you know, that's your fiance. You necessarily don't want her to do it. She wants her to do it. How do y'all solve that disagreement? Well, I don't know if it ever became a disagreement because when it comes to things like that, um, business or finance, even if she gets scared, she's gotten to the point, I think, because of the litigation and everything that we went through with that. Mm-hmm. She trusts me. Okay. Right. You know, so she... As mad as she was, it, there was never any argument. And that's part of the covenant, too. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you you make this decision that this is going to be your leadership in your house. You kind of don't really, as much as you might want to be like, well, I'm not going to do what you say. What's the point of having this man in your house to sort of be the head of the household, you know? So I do honor that. So the phone falls and he doesn't get a lot of calls about anything that's going on. My phones are off because they charge you tons of money for roaming. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we, we get back. Now you tell the rest because you're better at the exact detail, but we get back to, we got back on the 15th. So the inauguration is on the 20th. Mm -hmm. We, we land on the 15th. I get the, the contract back on the 16th. 
We mark it up on the 16th. I sign it on the 17th. He studied business management. Yeah, so I didn't when send it to a lawyer. Up, I'm marking up the contract. Crosses out everything. And she's like, then, so now not only did you get your money, now you're marking up the contract and telling these people what they can't do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, it's still not registering And we'd love to, to give me you details, but we can't. That mm-hmm. she, she, I would love to tell you what <laughs> he crossed out. Before you go any further, yeah. I'm a little disconnected. Mm-hmm. When th- did the decision get made mm-hmm. that you were going to do it? So that's, what, that's where we're at now. So then, okay. He's so crossing he's still- stuff out before we even say we're doing so it. So now between the two of you, amongst yourselves and mm-hmm. your own conversations, you have not decided that you were going to oh, do no, it. I, as I, I decided I was she doing it as soon as he asked as me. Soon as, as soon as it was asked. And he didn't want to do it. That's I why I was, So then the decision off. actually isn't made no, because it made. has to be made together. Right. Right. But yeah. you knew that you wanted to do it. Biggs is trying to make them make the decision to say, okay, we don't want it. Y'all too much of a hassle. Okay, go ahead. So you're marking it up. So I'm marking it up. I send it back and I'm like, okay, listen, if this is supposed to happen, this contract is going to come back and they're going to allow us to, 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 to make these adjustments. So she looks at me again. She's like, you're crazy. Like you're asking for too much. You're asking for way too much. Mm -hmm. We never do this. I'm like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) The contract comes back and they agree to everything that I asked. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had to take my hands off because I said, you know what? This is something that's bigger than me. You know, there's a higher power at work here. Right. Mm-hmm. And I even with me trying to interfere mm-hmm. in every way possible. Oh, mm-hmm. this is she's supposed to be on that stage. And at that point, I went to her. I said, listen, the contract came back with all the changes that we asked for. Um, they sent over a clean, a clean agreement. And I said, do you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And she said, yes. And I said, um, I said, there's no amount of money and there's absolutely nothing that I can do to prepare you for what you're about to go through. So you knew what was going to happen. So you knew. I told her, I said, turn your phone off and stay off of social media. I signed that contract at 1159 on the, on, on the 16th. Mm-hmm emailed it in on on the morning of the 17th on the 18th at about 10 30 i don't know how who why the daily news breaks a story we've known for months we didn't want backlash because of what happened to uh jennifer jennifer holiday so they're calling me for a statement i'm like what so i'm like can we please not make any statements and by statements i mean excuses reasons uh, fearful. Uh, you know, I didn't want to give anybody any justification of any 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 thing to falsify. Mm-hmm. I see. I felt like people are going to be upset no matter what I say right now. Right. There is no point in me starting the conversation now. Mm. If I'm going to start this conversation, I'm going to start it on the stage. That's where I start conversations. Mm-hmm. That was very New York of me, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it's the truth. And were you aware of everyone that had already turned down the opportunity? Did you know? Let's, uh, no offense, but that was media. Do Did all those people really get all those offers that we heard about? I don't know. What do you know? I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they how say much of that was? Not. 
okay. from the folks that I spoke to, and, and everybody has to also understand that this offer didn't come from Donald Trump. There are booking agencies that actually put these events together the same way that they put, to, you know, put together any regular concert. Mm-hmm. And um, their obligation is to get talent to procure to to actually perform on the stage because mm-hmm. it is a concert that people pay for, believe right. it or not. Mm-hmm. This is something that's offered to the public. The tickets are $50 and they had about 60,000 people in there. Mm-hmm. For anybody that doesn't know anything about getting offers, we base what we're going to charge for you to see our artists based on the capacity the of the room and what you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so when, when the, when the, when the offer came back and, and, and people started to look at the fact that she was now getting paid you know, you saw the thing come out with Questlove saying that he would he would pay her not, not to, perform, to do it. Right. You know, Spike Lee saying he was going to put. And the funny thing is, I wanted to say something to Spike Lee a lot sooner. But and I wanted to work with Spike Lee, so it was like well, that ain't gonna happen. Well, well, you never know. Yeah, you never know. You it never was, know. It was it was one of those funny things because I felt like he took advantage of the situation. Right. Spike is somebody that I that you know I respect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he has a lot of experience when it comes to the media and how to portray things and what to do and what not to do. And I feel like he wholeheartedly took advantage of a situation to promote his movie. Right. And that's why my words were very direct and frank to him. It was, it was two you. words. Yeah. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I took a lot of heat for that and she did too. But I was I was cool with that because it's like, here, OK, here's what you're not going to do. If you don't agree with what she's doing, that's fine. If you want to know why she did it, ask. Right. Everything else is an assumption. But you know what? People don't do that. And, and, and let me tell you a story, right? Mm-hmm. When, when I first heard that you, you were performing at the inauguration, Guy and I were driving. And this is why I love her so much. So I'm like, damn. I was like, Cassette's really going to perform for him? I'm like, I know Biggs is about his bread, but damn, Biggs. <laughs> I'm like, man. You know, this is after she performed. I'm like, man. I'm like, damn. And then Gia was like, and, and I was like, I was like, that's fucked up. And Gia was like, well, no, you don't know if that's fucked up. I said, she was like, that lady got on that stage, wore a white person's dress and put Basquiat on her dress. She's an artist. You don't know why she did what she did. You don't know what her intentions were. And right then and there, I was like, damn, I'm doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Right, right. I was right. like, shit. And she, and, and now my wife, I'm thought I was supposed to have my back. Right. But she checked me immediately. Right. I was like, you know what? You're absolutely positively right. You know, I, I don't think that you had ill will. And I think what you did and the reason of doing it was great. You know, you, you, you wore your Basquiat on your dress and the reason that you said, and like you said, you're not a politician. That's not your job. And for whatever reason that you decided, that's your reason. And because of that, that doesn't mean make you a coon. That doesn't make you some of the things and horrible things that I've, I've, I've heard them say about you, but you're absolutely right. And that's what black Twitter does a lot. They do bully, you know, and and it's a lot of bandwagon thinking. And oftentimes people, don't do their own thinking for themselves, regardless of what I feel about whether you should have performed or you shouldn't have performed or what set of reasons or, you know, you put everything on a scale and you say you see which one weighs heavier. There's a lot of things that goes into making a decision. But to judge somebody without fully understanding or even taking the the time to consider I mean, that's they can't do. ask Chrisette. They don't know Chrisette. They don't have her telephone number, but you can definitely do research and right. you can take time to make considerations. If a person does that thoroughly and with the right set of scruples, you know, in other words, not just jumping on something, not just wanting to join in the hate, not just wanting to be another one to point a finger, mm-hmm. then 
okay, you come up with your opinion, that's fine, and you own that, but it should be righteously done. Absolutely. It shouldn't be to persecute somebody or to just be another one that's part of the masses because I've looked at some of the comments and things that people have said in response to how they feel about the fact that you performed and some things I said, okay, maybe I can understand why they came to that conclusion, whether I agree or disagree. And then there were just other comments that I'm like, that person's not thinking just because of where, where you came from and what brought you to make that comment. You're not really thinking, you're not thinking for yourself. Do you know what I mean? I think that's, uh, that's the scariest part of all of this. It uh, is. I watch the the different gatherings of of great groups of people uh, right now, and I see uh, different things on each picket sign. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the microphone goes around, and most often, or more often than not, when somebody asks, "What are you going to do to change?" or "What are you trying to fix?" there's only a shout about us being loud or about us gathering or about we're in this together. It doesn't seem like a lot of people are defining what this is. I am good at defining what this is. That's something that I've worked really hard to be. I've asked a lot of questions. I've spoken to a lot of people. I've visited a lot of communities, a lot of centers. I've been around a lot of programs. And I had to make sure that I didn't die, do you know what I'm saying, without utilizing that. This time, I couldn't die, I couldn't cave in without utilizing that. Because this is the the, the, the most afraid of the system I've ever been. Mm. This is the most fearful I've ever seen young women I've been interviewing a lot over the last few days and there have been a few younger black girls who have done interviews with me, amazing intellects, gone to amazing schools. And there's this look of fear in so many young women's eyes that I haven't seen. Rooted in what? Rooted in not understanding where their future lies. And I can tell that's what it is because these are hard workers do you know what I mean? These are girls who are uh, pushing past the mark, who who are not afraid to work hard, who are not afraid uh, to stand. But when they get to those picket lines and everybody's shouting, they're still not heard because because yeah. everybody's not saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You got a pro-choice and a pro-life protest at the same time in the same city. <laughs> and every sign says something else. Right. Okay, well, I'm going to go stand on this stage and I'm going to know what I think. I'm going to know what I have to say. I'm going to hold this microphone and wait for you to ask. What was it that made you so certain that you wanted to do that? Because we haven't talked about that. She said she knew immediately. Immediately. So but heard. based on my what I've done so far, these are the, these are the environments that I'm, I've, I've, I've come to almost be obsessed with okay these are the 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 problems that i've become so ignited with not because i have the same problems my health care doesn't have to be that health care because my stuff is holistic that doesn't get covered by health insurance okay and 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 i'm not stressed out about welfare but my cousin is 
I'm not stressed out about Obamacare, but my brother is. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not fighting injustice because I feel like I'm not going to survive in America. I'm surviving in a portion of Range Rover. This is not about me surviving. This is about us surviving. So when you ask me, you know, how do I feel if I had to place a feeling on it? I would call it disappointment. And I would call it disappointment because the word us in 2017 is so limited to whatever you're looking at in the mirror. And that's not fair to anybody but you. I want you to be a little bit more clear. Sure. I'm thinking, I'm starting to understand Mm -hmm. what you're saying, Mm -hmm. but I'm thinking that maybe the listeners might not really grasp what you're saying as to why you wanted to be on that stage and say in the simplest terms in, in, simple in the terms, simplest terms yes. you're watching Trump on TV mm-hmm. and it's okay for him to grab her by the pussy right right and I'm because we voted for him right well, no not I we. well not I, we but we. not I, we Rashawn yeah, but no. But yeah. as a country, he became the president. Not so, by the popular vote. Right. But like, he yeah, like became this is all the painful. president. So right. he's the, very so despite, painful. So despite Not even everything the popular else, vote. Right. he is the, the president. president. That's, so, that's the bottom line. So go ahead. Grab, I grabbed by a pussy. You know, we all, it's gross. Mm-hmm. We all watched. Mm-hmm. And if you were in a room with your homegirl, you looked at your girlfriend and you looked back at the TV and you thought, that's the guy from The Apprentice. Absolutely. Right. Going around grabbing vaginas. Mm-hmm. And now he's the president of the effing United States. Right. Mm-hmm. That ain't me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that ain't me. That's not, we're saying that's not my president. I'm saying this is not my America. Like, I don't know that girl like he's talking about mm-hmm. I, 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 and when you watch her in the interviews and you see you know her discontent with the system and, 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 and what she feels to be unjust there's still a strange disconnection you're kind of like yeah he wouldn't have been grabbing my balls mm-hmm. like that shit wouldn't happen if I was in the room so part of it was hey this is what we look like do you know this is this is this is how we stand. This is how we sing. This is how we talk. This is who we are. This is who I am. This is who you're talking to. A part of my ego, and I, that's the part that I would call my ego. Okay, like, I would go all the way and say my ego wanted this guy and his his crew to know who the f they were dealing with. Right. Do you know? A part of me just wanted to step up and be like. You don't get to say that to a me. And and you hear like um, uh, Michelle Obama's last speech when she talked about getting educated and kind of having a voice based on what you learn. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You hear for many years the rhetoric that if you're going to be black and powerful, you have to be better than. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of us hate to hear that. Right. Because it's, right? it's not fair. Because it's not fair. It's not equal. Mm-hmm. It's not equal. It's not equal. And then some of us run with that and say, all right, I'm going to I'm going to do my best. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to go hard in the paint and get there. And I think part of me was doing that. So you were exemplifying your strength and you were asserting yourself in a sense and. 
you wanted to be like that image of strength for girls that you were talking about? The girls that I'm, I am talking about and people agree mm-hmm. and people disagree. Do you know, Gail King felt like I was that person, mm-hmm. but there's a girl on, you know, social media that doesn't think I'm that person. And so what I'm saying is the part of the, the part of me that was hurt was I can't represent everybody. Right. <laughs> right. It's you know? just, it's very important because, you know, I heard things I, and I, I heard that you um wanted to be a bridge. Is that, did I yeah. say that correctly? Yeah. I don't think that people understand what you mean by that mm-hmm. because I've heard, I've been, in groups of people where they've tried to call bullshit. Mm-hmm. So for me, as we sit here and talk, I want to make sure that yeah. you let the people know why you did it. Because yeah. a lot of time, judgment is rooted in misunderstanding. Sure. And whether people agree with it or not, if they're able to understand why you did it. Yeah. For the people that disagree with you. Yeah. If they're able to understand why you did it, then they may be more accepting. Yeah. And they may not rush to judgment well, as quickly. No, and, but and no, that's no, no, but there is from New York again. Yeah. No, but there is you a know? certain there it, there is a certain level of acceptance that I think most people want, especially in uh, your in in your profession. Because you have fans, you have people that look up to you, you have little girls you know that what? look up to you. Hold on a second, babes. Mm-hmm. You have people that look up to you, and you don't want a little girl that may love you and love your music, and that you're a role model to, and that loves what you stand for. And she may be 12 or 13, and she's in her living room, and she hears her parents bashing you. And the message that you tried to portray, or the reason why you wanted to do it gets lost in translation, because right. now she's just adopting her parents' sure. opinions. So yeah. no, that it is important for people to know whether you're desensitized, whether right. you can move on for, um, from it, whether in three years, because you know, people, we have a short memory. Absolutely. A lot of things don't stick in a year, Or two, you put out that hit, people forget. Look at R. Kelly. Look at, you know, all these people that have done things that weren't accepted by the masses that were able to move on and continue to be successful. Well, I'm not I'm not worried about continuing to be successful. Mm -hmm. I think the key to that actually working, though, Mm -hmm. is what we talked about before. And that's for everybody to take a step back, breathe Mm -hmm. and then ask the question why. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that said they were mad even after they heard her speak you know, publicly because, you know, we're at the inauguration. It's not like you can, you can put a defense out or explain what's going on. Right. They thought that she was hiding Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to tell the fans and because that's what they read in the media. Right. They didn't understand that, you know, this is something that happened so quick. And, you know, so even if you are quick to judge, then you can't play jury and executioner at the same time. At some point in time, when there's some type of fact out there, that doesn't coincide with what you originally thought. You have to be big enough to say, wait, let me rethink this. Absolutely. But do you honestly wrong. think yeah. that most people are? But I that's, don't think that's, 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 that's the problem. But, that's but, part that's of the problem. problem because right. we, we automatically assume that we've got it once we get enough information to run with. Absolutely. And yeah. and, and that is the core of the problem. That's the bad thing and about people social aren't, media. And people aren't so willing to admit they're wrong. Right. And Absolutely. what's worse in this world is that, let's say after this podcast airs, let's say 
you've changed some opinions, whether that's important to you or not. But let's say that you have. Mm -hmm. There are so many people that might be in a group of people like I might have been, like I just told you about, that won't say it. it. No, no, no. They might feel it. But they won't. But they won't be brave enough to say say it. Right. Because they don't want to be judged right. and they don't want people to turn around and look and at them or have put that hatred led, upon them. I don't want to be led. I don't want to be led by those fears. I agree. You understand? And, and that's what I was That say. I agree with. Yeah. You see, I, my whole thing is my life was so much freer when I said fuck everybody else. Right. Yeah. Because you try to live for everybody. Yeah, I can't. And then once you really just stick up the middle finger and says the only person that I really care about is my God and my family. Nothing else matters. Well, this is the reason why she always asks me, like, how you like how you sleeping at night when this stuff goes on? Because mm-hmm. that's the way that you get. You realize the people that matter will always matter, Absolutely. and the people that don't won't ever. But because see, I, you, but but so the optimist in me thinks that some of those people are going to start to matter, and then you even get, if they're upset right now. But then you get situations like this, and then you're torn because you're trying to fix something that it was your place to be on that stage. It was your place to get every person who's mad right now mad. That's where they're supposed to be. I just wish that, Wait, that, what that they there do, was another place. What they do with that anger is up to them. If you're so mad about this system and what's going on, then do what she's doing. Challenge the status quo. Challenge the system. Do the things that you need to feel better about what's going on. That's not her obligation. She was just supposed to spark the flame. Where the flame goes and how far it travels, that's between you and your God. So do you feel as though mission was accomplished? So that's what I was going to say. First of all, we got to give some credit to the people who are excited about the conversation. Mm-hmm. CNN doesn't just invite you on CNN to just, you know, talk about your new single. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The Huffington Postage doesn't invite you on to say you got an album dropping Friday. Yeah, do, this do, happened do, do a you week know? ago. Like this, it We're has been a nonstop press campaign about a conversation being sparked. So hell yeah, the mission is being accomplished and it's not going to end this time. And the reason why it's not going to end is because I'm this time not going to be afraid to say to the folks who I've been talking to all of this time, you guys are taking too long. <laughs> You're taking too long. I, I've got an idea. You know what I mean? This time I'm not afraid to say I've got an idea and I'm going to run with it. And so I had been working on this thing called No Political Genius back during the Atlanta riots when I got chewed out for asking people what their picket signs say back then. This is not a new like fight that I've, you know, been under and we've toured 67 cities since then. So it hasn't stopped the, the income. This is, this is not a, this is not a fight that's going to end tomorrow either. So this time I've decided to, put my money where my mouth is mm-hmm. right and pick up these cameras i've been picking up cameras for a long time but they've been on youtube right. do you know what i mean and and while that's been impactful i'm ready to take it to the network side so picking up the cameras and telling the stories of the people who we feel like don't matter when 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 trump with the trump fingers when trump got up on the stage after the inauguration and he starts naming all the people in america and he named the single mother and he named um, the person who was poor and he named all these people, right? Then finally he gets to the end of naming people and he says, and the ones who feel left out. And I'm like, oh shit, that's me because you didn't mention me. I want to go and find all those people that he mentioned 
if they live in Boise, Idaho, if they live in South Dakota, if they live in Chicago, I'm going to find them. I want to show their story, no matter what the F they look like. This is not about being black. It's about being human. And show them that there's a girl in Boise, Idaho, who's got the same story as a girl in Far Rockaway. And if we come together, maybe we could sing one song. I know that's so optimistic. But I don't think there's a better time to be optimistic than now. And then I want to take those stories to the Congress people who want to sit down and talk and to the, the journalists that want to sit down and talk and to the politicians and the, the senators and the mayors that I get offers from all the time that want to talk. Okay, now I want you to look at these people and tell me what you can do for them. And then I want to put that on the platform so that both girls can see the story and both girls can see the answer and both girls can make a decision as to what they can do to fix it. That's journalistic. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. That's it's not. For good. Yeah, and 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 that that's that's the goal now. I've I've had that idea since Atlanta, but I've been afraid of backlash since Atlanta. You can't get more backlash. Can't than get this, more so backlash than this. Right. So why the hell not? Let me ask go you a question. So you said that um, part of the intent was to spark a conversation, mm-hmm. right? So that conversation is what, like, in one sentence is what's that conversation or if that conversation begs a question what is that question sure you look just like her when you look at your situation what are we going to do to fix it that's the conversation you look just like her Boise Idaho you look just like Far Rockaway Mm -hmm. what are we the both of us together going to do action to fix it and we'll see what that requires so then you're on that stage and you sing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. where's the connection the connection for me as an artist was in in the choice of song. Right? Okay. The connection for me as an artist was in the Basquiat skirt that had a black man being hung on a noose and had a black man being beaten by a police baton mm-hmm. and had all the stuff that we may not have been watching. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the connection for me. Again, there's an ego, right? Mm-hmm. That that doesn't know much, right? Because to me, like the ego is kind of like a lie that you kind of keep telling yourself, "I'm the shit." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Is that that doesn't really know much and tries to create the art and tries to create the the song and tries to put the harmony and the melody right where it needs to be, and then there's that divinity that takes over your intention. Do you know? Oh, you can be as human. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I'm not any more than that mm-hmm. but at the end of the day I, I do believe that there is a divine work that is done when you decide to create from a, a, a good intention now let's let's go back a little bit now sure. how did y'all two meet how did Biggs meet Chrisette Michelle let's talk about your relationship how did that happen Valentine's Day 14 years no, ago no 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 it was well yeah that actually was how we met I, I, we were going to Five Towns College in Long Island right and um <laughs> I saw her getting off the bus one day and she had on some some um yellow some tan Tim's. khakis, some yellow Tim's, some fitted pants and straight New Yorker and <laughs> and, 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 and and uh um some Prince. red hair that was in a wrap and she was just walking like she knew she was a shit. Did you know you were the shit? I'm from New York. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a yes. Well, you know that thing? Uh-huh. You don't mean any harm. It's just your big headphones and, you know, the music playing. It yeah, has I nothing she to was do from with Brooklyn. anybody. She didn't, she didn't look like she was from Long Island because we were in Dix Hills. So right. Like, right. We was way out. Um, so I hadn't seen anything on campus It's called like Black Girl her. Magic. Yeah. Spike. 
all of that. <laughs> and um, I, I walked past her and I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to have to keep my eye out for her. And I didn't see her again for about two months. Mm-hmm. Um, the next time I saw her, she was I didn't even know it was the same person because now she had on like baggy, ripped up jeans, black nail polish, short hair, like. The same girl artist. that I am today. Yeah, She's an artist. It was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but she happened to be in the lunchroom singing for Valentine's Day. So she got behind the piano and she sang two songs. And um, the way she sang these songs, the amount of passion that she put into them, um, I could tell that she was really going through something or she was really sad mm-hmm. about, you know, a past relationship or whatever the case may be. She had talk, talked about not having a Valentine's. So I was on my way to work and I just couldn't shake it. So I literally made a U-turn found a florist, bought her some flowers, went back into the lunchroom, uh, gave her the flowers and was like, yo, I don't know what you're going through, but, um, you know, you're special. Big is just, romantic. Okay. No, no, no. In, in New York, they call that G. Yeah, like that, 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 that was G. In front of the whole school, mind you. So, and uh, I didn't know I had already had a reputation of being like one of the dudes on campus that was, you know, kind of, kind of flying, doing his thing. And um, he used she, to park. He used to park his beamer. You know, back then, like the word beamer just sparked a particular type of right, conversation right. Yeah. in the teacher's parking lot. You know, closer to yeah, the VIP yeah, section on lock. He always takes up two parking spots. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. yeah. He's one of those one too. Of those He's too. one of those you know, we too. Have a lot of the same cars too. Yeah. You and I for years we've been having all all almost all the same cars. Okay. So, so, so now go ahead. So now you gave her the flowers. And that was the end of it. We we exchanged. Did we exchange numbers that day? No. That's, okay, so I just gave her the flowers and I left. Oh, that's G. That's real G. Yeah, that's real G. <laughs> I don't even want your number. I just want to give <laughs> you the happy. happy. I should be happy. Yeah, happy. smile. Right. Go ahead. I got that but smile. But then that right. sparked us seeing each other more and more often in the, in the lunchroom. And I think one day I went up to her in the lunchroom while she was on the line or something like that. It was like, yo, you know, can we exchange numbers? And um, we started out talking as friends. That's it. Yeah. It was. It he was, was a grown up. You understand? He was making like a crap load of money, and he wore slacks. He wore slacks. Like <laughs> on certain days of the week, right. he wore slacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was putting myself through school, so you know, yeah. between school and, and and work, I was just you know. Yeah, big a big lofty position position, and he had already purchased his first like house. He was he was like a grown up so my friends would be like no this is the one I'm like he's a grown up and like I had like a, a, a school bag that I had made out of duct tape mm-hmm. and like put a whole bunch of rocker stickers on it like I was the like party of five you know uh, uh, what's the movie uh, Breakfast the Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. The, yeah, the, right. the, the real movie. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. The why did why did why was that hard for me to figure out? Uh, the breakfast. I was that girl. Do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't. I I didn't understand the connection. Right. I just thought that he was a really cool person to talk to, but the conversations on the phone were his life, and you can you know whatever you want to do but oh, his yeah. life is so inspiring mm-hmm. and i've always been good with sitting down when i hear inspiration mm-hmm. you know what's so what's what's so inspiring well i mean to her it's just my background like i i was put myself through college um i don't know if you noticed or not but i was adopted when i was 12 mm-hmm. um my mom was addicted to drugs and uh, put us in foster care when I was about six years old, six, seven mm. years old. So I've lived in every borough in New York City and my younger years were fighting. I think that's where I get it from. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, because if I wasn't fighting for food, I was fighting for my clothes. If mm-hmm. I wasn't fighting for my clothes, I was fighting for a place in a, in a bed to sleep in. Mm-hmm. So where a lot of people would have would have, you know, taken and, and I'm not saying that I, I didn't do some stupid things growing up, but it built my character. Mm-hmm. At a, at a much younger age, I was determined to not be what my history was. So I was the type of person that I started my first business when I was 15 years old. Um, after working for some Italians in the company closing, like I was always not even knowing that I was an overachiever. I was just always determined. That's crazy because, yeah. you know, a lot of people would take a lot of the things that you're going through and fall off and, get, and make themselves excuses. Right. And then there's very few that will take that. And, and work harder so they don't ever have to go through it and their children right. never have to go exactly. through it. Exactly. So I, admire, I definitely admire yeah. that. I, I, I had, I felt like I had no choice. So, you know, the whole time I'm growing up, I'm just doing these things, doing these things. And one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, you look back and you realize that you have this thing called character. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thank God I was adopted by somebody who had, you know, real Christian values. My mother was a single mother. She had gone through, you know, everything that she could go through as a parent. And she adopted myself and my brother, which is unique because, you know, most of the time when somebody decides to take on children, you have to split them apart. Mm -hmm. Um, And that happened for a while. So he went one place, I went one place, and then we finally wound up being back together. So I felt like that was my restart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I didn't allow that history to define me. So, you know, buying my first house at 21, that's, you know, I was overachiever. I made the the first million dollars that I ever made was in real estate before I even did anything in music. Wow. When did it, it, I want to know when it became romantic now. Like, it was, you were just friends, you're just talking, you're inspired. When was it romantic? When did you say, you know what, I'm falling for this guy? So her mother started telling us that we, <laughs> we were I'll spending- just I just want to say, I never thought of romance it never crossed my mind to i'm not the type who picked out wedding dresses and put my wedding together as a girl i was a tomboy i was loud i was hip-hop i was rock and roll boys girls same difference so the flowers and one day he leaves me like a teddy bear for easter on the dean's desk in school with jewelry on it like a necklace and bracelet and I thought that stuff was nice, but I never went out to buy jewelry. Like, mm. and, and like, it ca- became romantic for me. The night, one night, we were driving over the uh, Brooklyn Bridge, and his top was down. Driving super fast, I like to go fast, mm-hmm. and he puts his hand on my leg. And it was like, oh my God, he's touching me. <laughs> Gee. That was kind of, that, that was the like split second moment where I was just like, oh, he's a boy and I'm a girl. Like his thumb is rubbing. And how old were you at this point? I might've been 22. Okay. Yeah. And I came from a very sheltered home, mm-hmm. obviously, right? It came sounds from, that way. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids with his story all lived at my house. So my mom had a therapeutic home. We didn't have uh, cable and, and regular music and things like that. It was a lot of instruments around the house. Uh, but she took in children, her and my father. And so uh, he was somebody who I was used to seeing all the time as far as a uh, pusher uh, past the situation, past the circumstance. Uh, he was a... a 
a familiar sound to me. I had seen kids who are adopted and in foster care. That was my whole household. That was my family. So you don't mean that he, as in Doug, was in your household. You mean his likeness was in your household. Yeah, and they were black, they were white, they were from Vietnam, they were were Chinese, they were Puerto Rican, they were all different colors. Um, But they had that same tenacity. So when that tenacity turned into a hand on a thigh, it was kind of like when I was just like, and that moment, oh, I I can see that moment as clear as day. So that was kind of when I started to feel feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I got it today. I saw Mm-hmm. getting off the bus you knew she was the one i was like day. oh yeah that's that's it but yeah. you know like i said it i think once we started having more of an intimate conversation mm-hmm. um i was gonna say her mom started telling us that we had to get off the phone because we were talking so much and then we wound up you know the next tells was popping back in the day so i'd hit her with the chirp and tell her you know i'm about to call you and we would literally he stay. had to buy me a next tell so yeah that i, I could... bought her a phone just so we could talk mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. um and we just got so familiar and close with each other you know it wasn't anything that we couldn't ask and the crazy thing was i wasn't dating her i was actually dating somebody else at the time but we had more of a friendship and a relationship that's and, why friends are dangerous yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did a podcast about that. that's why you let them friends in yeah all right so she um you know she she answered all the questions just by being there and 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 i think she was the first person that i opened up to 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 kind of explain um where i was relationship wise because because i had felt that rejection so early on from my mother a woman Mm -hmm. i had a very hard time being in committed relationships like i would be with somebody for two months three months five months but then the second you did something that pissed me off and i'm a scorpio like so when you're dismissed you're dismissed like it's over so she was the first person that that because we became friends first you know the relationship was like now I'm and and I, I kind of knew I I would always marry my best friend, mm-hmm. you know I always mm-hmm. knew that and especially once you start to 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 achieve and excel and you've experienced some things in life, I think the only reason why we didn't get together sooner is because I felt like because she had that sheltered life, very sheltered. I I didn't want to uh, have taken advantage of her in the sense that us getting together too soon she would have missed anything. What's the age difference between the two of you? Uh, Three years? Three years. Oh, so it's not much. Yeah, okay. How long much. did it take for y'all to kiss, like to be intimate then, since he, since he was so sheltered? Like a year and a half? A year yeah. and a half to a kiss? Really yeah. time. Really? Yeah. I don't, you know. I've... So you guys were really friends. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't, at, after a while, it wasn't because I think she was sheltered. At, it, after a while, she was with it. I would say after five or six months, she was, she was with the, the get down. <laughs> but then we started talking about music and that relationship started developing. So now it got more complex because now you have these two people who are good friends, but now we're talking about doing business together. Mm -hmm. And my biggest fear with that was actually what happened, Mm -hmm. you know, when it came to the litigation and things like that. Wait a second, wait a second. So we start talking about doing business and I'm like, I don't want no record deal. I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm, an indie, I'm independent. I have my own mind. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. You're not box me into, you know, unless it's hip hop. Mm-hmm. So only way I wanted to deal, and I love this story because I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and this is kind of full circle. Yeah, That's kind of crazy. You understand? So like, yeah. as a New Yorker, you kind of go through this thing of I'm the shit versus do I join the shit? You know, like mm-hmm. when, at what point do you put your ego aside mm-hmm. and say, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's very hard as a New Yorker because you are surrounded by greatness. And so if you're not careful, you will think that you're 
kind of bigger than what you are. Do you know? Right. Or even if it's just your voice, you get to perform at all these really cool spots. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And, and you get to put together the show and you get to promote and you get to sell the tickets. Do you know? You're a promoter. Mm-hmm. You're a business girl. Mm-hmm. You've got your girls in your car. It might be a busted car, but you're in the mm-hmm. car and you're driving through the projects and you're selling these tickets and you are New York. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be on a record label. Like we, you know, figure this out, figure this out ourselves. He's like, give me one year and I'm going to get you this record deal. I was like, oh God, okay, fine. I'm not changing anything. Like I'm going to be myself. <laughs> so two weeks. Yeah, we decided. Well, I decided to 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 take a vacation from school. Uh, I said I was going to take six months off, and I convinced her to to ask her mom to take six months off. And within within that period of time, um, we got the record deal mm-hmm. at Def Jam. And, yeah, um, and I came you know, to school and, with the shirt. Envy, you know, like you say, he played a huge part in that because when we first started, a lot of people didn't want to listen to the new artists. So once we ran around and we did all the showcases we could do in New York City, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to break a female artist here. So I said, okay, you know what? Well, fuck it. I'm going to take some of this money that I have and I'm going to start doing shows and parties. So mm-hmm. I would I would book the hottest DJ, you know, and, and the hottest act. We went from Jada Kiss to the Locks to, to when Joe Buttons was popular, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And we used everything that we had around us in our hood to, to, to shed light on what we were pushing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that that made it you know kind of hot so fast was we we attacked everything like we went to radio we 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 was doing mars 2112 we was doing speed we was so you had no choice but to look and be like damn like they really moving Mm -hmm. and and she's a force you know and it was a little girl from long island and that's what i was the whole time that was what i was the whole time the whole time when he was going and making all these deals and doing this stuff, I was sitting on the right side of the Bentley with the fur on, listening to Ella Fitzgerald. Do you know what I mean? I never was moved by it. Why is it called Mars 2112? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, I never was uh, impressed by it because I was still the girl with that ill book bag made out of duct tape. Uh, it was all just like, stay in the car until I come back. Do you know what I mean? And I'll fast forward because I know, you know, it's a a specific amount of time. One day, it was like, stay in the car until I come back. And I got out of the car and I went in the office by myself and they were like, he's fucking you over. And it was the first time that anybody had ever given him any opposition in front of me mm-hmm. i had never seen they didn't want you to perform at this place or you know we have to hire uh cool people because you're not cool enough do you know like i didn't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was happening because in my head mm-hmm. i'm the girl with the duct tape book bag like i right. am lit sauce that with these ego. ripped jeans right yeah that i'm just ego. my dad fed mm-hmm. it you know as a little girl we had all these instruments in the house and my dad would be like I could play the worst thing of all mm-hmm. time. I'd be like, that's amazing. Right. Right. <laughs> it's so great. And my mom comes in from Queensbridge. Yeah, Chrissy, do it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't say either of those things. He kind of just let me be. 
And I never knew that I wasn't good enough. It never occurred to me that I wasn't good enough. And so he kind of took the brunt of all that. But anyway, I get out of the car by myself and I go and I, they, say, they, they say that he's effing you over. And I call my mom and I'm like, mom, we need to hire another lawyer because they're telling me that, you know, Doug is not doing the right thing. And um, this lawyer, shouldn't say his name, right? Okay. I won't say his name. <laughs> it's not about that. But this lawyer, uh, famous lawyer, I believed him. Because he showed me this paperwork and he said, this is what's being done to you. What was being done to you, according to him? According to him, long story short, because I suck with, what's it called? Like Legal jargon. Legal jargon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Layman's terms. Yeah. Was that he was taking a larger percentage than what he deserved. Okay. Yeah. Simple. Keep it that simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at a contract, it says one thing, right? Mm-hmm kind of like the bible and then you turn the page and it's like wait a minute i don't get it mm-hmm. um and it's like that it's like you you don't get it and so if a lawyer tells you that it's bad you're like oh gosh it's bad because he cracked the code for you like he told Quote you yeah, yeah yeah and mm-hmm. my mother was there now my mm-hmm. mother is the typical black mom mm-hmm. just like there's all different typical nationality moms she can be called that she's typical she is the <laughs> lady from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's mom, loud, boisterous, and no, she didn't do it like that. That's not my daughter. <laughs> loud. And that's the, the position she took for the entire case. Um, it was loud. Uh, I stayed on the road, literally, all the time. Um, I remember my first year out, I was out for 180 shows. And so, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're at. So We get this deal. We get the deal. Okay. The lawyer tells him that Biggs is stealing from him. Mm-hmm. Right. She fires Biggs. You didn't see. You guys know the story. Oh, we have. Okay. You have to tell the story well, for people that you, don't yeah, well, that's why know. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know how you, you d- fired Biggs. Like, how was so that conversation? We get. You should let me tell that conversation. He's, <laughs> he's better. I remember he's this better. like yesterday. Yeah. That shit was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> to him, I didn't think any of this was a movie. It was a movie. So right. We, where we go from. Signing a record deal, uh, a record deal, a publishing deal, and and uh, a CSAC deal. So we did we did Def Jam, we did CSAC, and we did uh, BMI at the time. EMI. EMI. Sorry. I'm sorry. So you got these two kids, and and when you come into the industry, you're what's known as new money. Mm-hmm. So the deals included you know publishing writers everything they now call 360 deals right. when you're doing but back then everything was broken up it was for 1.3 million back then that was a lot of money it's um, a lot of money now it's a lot yeah of money. It's, it's it's definitely so <clears throat> she tells me when we're in chicago she's like yeah so um when we get back to new york i just want you to you know to come in and, and sit with me with our lawyer we have a new lawyer and they just want to get us acquainted with things. So I'm like, all right, cool. No problem. But the whole time on the plane is a plane again. Right. She's fidgeting. She's I'm like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, I just hope everything is OK after this meeting. What's the time story. frame? You get her the deal and you're having this conversation. I get her the you're deal the plane, and it's probably the... two or three months because the album was done. So we literally turned in the album. OK. You know, maybe two or three, maybe a, a month, two or three months after. And you did all your did managerial duties. You Everything choosing tracks, helping her, doing this, all that. And this is Bay. This is not just your artist. Right. Yes. Right. Oh, rom- key. These are right. keys. Romantically linked as right. well. Right. Because right. everything you're buying me is for the artist, 
right? Mm-hmm. It's both. It's it's Bay and artist. So you're her man. I don't think so. It's together. I don't think so. It's together. Go ahead. <laughs> go so, ahead. So, so we do the deals, and uh, I want to say it was like January, February. So we did our deal in the fourth quarter, which was in September. Um, it was the end of September, and this happened in like January, February. The new year started. Everybody's going into office. Um and she goes upstairs and they tell her that stuff. She comes, you know, back. We assume business as usual. She it's finds fine. a lawyer. And then you're on the plane. We're on the plane and, you know, she's nervous. So we get off the plane. She goes home. I go home. And then we come to the lawyer's office. So I'm thinking it's just, you know, we're going through everything to make sure it's straight. The dude turns to us and says, um, um, you seduced Miss Michelle. Um, it was a seduction. You, you, um, really scary. you embezzled. You like this dude was calling me like a monster to mm-hmm. my face. Wow! And this was the first time I had ever heard any of this stuff. So it was me, Chrisette, her lawyer, my lawyer, and her mom. So you mom. had separate lawyers. Yeah, we had separate lawyers the whole time when we first started the deals. Okay. We had separate lawyers as well. Um, so he says all of these these crazy, you know things and i'm like yo this is crazy because she's sitting across the table from me i'm like yo i was just in the bed with you last night like, mm-hmm. you <laughs> and she's looking at you like mm. no no she didn't even look at me yeah, I she she was she was oh, she, i don't i don't think fine. she knew that he was going to take it there no that clue. quick yeah. but think, you knew that something was looming yeah because you told him i hope everything is okay yeah. after this meeting and she hadn't told me about you know hindsight is 2020 she hadn't told me about the meeting that they had in the office so right. all of these things that i find out later on the, d- the dots got connected yeah right. as to, to to why the meeting took mm-hmm. place because you know, I was like the protector. I was the coverer. So with this new money, in order for you to attack it, you've got to get in between the management and the new money. Mm-hmm. So I turned her project in for like $225,000 on a million dollar project. Why did you do that? Because anything that you make after that comes back to you. So she would have made another seven, eight hundred $800,000. Right. We turn the project in. They put a wedge between us. And the first thing they do is they do all these accusations. So we no longer talk because I blow up in the in in the lawyer's room. I'm cursing everybody out. And you feel you like know. she's being unloyal. Yeah. I'm like, this is this is nuts. So I'm talking to her. I'm like, how could no, you do that? No, I don't know like if you that? felt that way. No, I did. Because I'm like, <laughs> how could you? <laughs> no, but I don't know. But in other words, of, of course, you felt betrayed. But I don't know if you felt like I knew how to articulate what they were saying to be able to say to you, can we fix this? Well, that was the thing. So when when we did the deal, to just to backtrack, when you when you develop an artist and you do all the things that we were talking about with Envy in terms of you know wardrobe, hair, nails, makeup, travel, um, that money comes from somewhere. It's right. called artist development. Of course. Right. So when you do a deal, the first thing that's supposed to happen is you're supposed to get that money back. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see that happening right then and there because if if I would have done that, she wouldn't have got any money. We learned about some of that in the new edition story. Right, right, right. right. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so instead of taking the money that she owed me back, I just said, okay, you know what? We're just going to split this right now and, you know, we'll figure that out later. We're going to continue to make money. So, My ego didn't know he was doing me any favors. I just right, figured right. he was getting so, right together. Because so, so you were just the girl in the fur that was I sitting was just the girl in the fur. He in the Bentley me. and he was doing all of that. Oh. So you didn't understand everything that went into the Not process. Really. She just wants right. to be the artist. She just wanted to be the artist. Right. You do That's what it. you do best. I do what I yeah. do best. So right. he didn't know that either. So, you know, the first thing they do is they start asking for um, paperwork, you know, in terms of expense reports and everything. So I'm a businessman. 
I keep receipts for everything. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they said, okay, well, give us the receipts and show us that you spent this money. Cool. I sent over every receipt for like a a three or four year period of everything that was spent was like here. If you want to make this a legal thing, then give me my money back. And whatever you want to do after that, we'll do. If you feel like you want to make more money, this, that, and the third, I'm fine. But I'm not going to let you slander me and then take advantage of the fact that. Oh, they slandered the shit out of you, Oh, did they? You remember that, right? What did you hear, Sean? (laughs) I mean, they said Big stole money from (laughs) Cassette. He stole millions. Cassette had no idea. He embezzled. He this. I was was the dark sheep. Big Big did another Mm -hmm. party. I told D, I said, you got to check his money. It might be. <laughs> gotta be careful with Big. That's terrible. <laughs> so and that, what's crazy is Twitter was about to be invented. We were on the cusp of Twitter coming out, and still the internet was nuts with mm-hmm. stories it made up. Even back yeah, then. but that was the part that hurt the most. But and oh, this was this was the best part. The um, I got titled the Jilted Lover by my best um, friend who's a PR. Hold on now, <laughs> the Jilted the Lover. Jilted Lover. So then they then they withdrew the embezzlement charge because it was a charge. And Wait, so when you say a charge, it went... There, this, it was in, this was in, in, in court, like downtown. Oh, so this was in like, court. Yeah, this wasn't just, yeah, this oh, wasn't the no contract just, is funny. This was, you have nah. to you took my home. money. Oh, I'm firing you. you. Like, yeah, this, this was this a lot was, more well, serious. Well, when you say embezzlement, than, that's what they... And, and, and they were trying to move it from, from state court to federal court because... They were talking like $250,000 or something like it that. It is amazing that you guys are here now yeah. engaged after all. Oh, wait, we're, yeah. we're going to get there. Hold on, hold we're, on. We're, it's just amazing. <laughs> well, I don't like this story either. We can, we can totally skip ahead. Love your Van Cleef, girl. <laughs> so they're, you know, they're, they're going back and forth. And now, you know, not only do I have to, 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 to defend, you know, this case, now I have to defend my good name. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it goes back to that same thing that I was telling you, that fight or flight that I had as a kid, you know, growing up. And 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 I took a step back and, and put everything on the table and said, you know what? Y'all want to fight? Let's fight. So the next thing you know, I sued Def Jam. I sued Chrisette. I sued her mother. I sued her father. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. You yes. sued her mother I because her, her mother, mother was managing her. Yes. Correct. Yes. Her now, how did her father get in. caught in the... Well, what happened Let was... explain. What happened was once we, we got to the deposition, we started finding out all of these, you know, documents that come in as to who's doing what. You mm-hmm. kind of... The shell game is exposed. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is how we found out Def Jam told her that she needed to get a lawyer and actually gave her the lawyer to... to to start the madness Mm -hmm. and the reason why her mom had to get bought into it because her mom was actually torturous interfering with our contract. Mm -hmm. So, and the same was for her dad. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's one of those situations where it's like shit rolls downhill. Right. You Mm -hmm. can't do this without doing Doing that. that. So it was one of those things I had to sit back and say, okay, well, am I going to defend my good name or am I going to let these people just run all over me? Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things that had to take that. Now, mind you, the craziest part of all of this is when Chrisette and I stopped talking, me and her mother started talking say, every single day. I could never understand why my mom could ever say a good word about him or my dad would still pray for him. Like it just, it was me and the mom became best friends. And I still say it to this day. If had, I had more of a relationship with her mother, Mm-hmm. This shit would have never happened. Mm. 
it would have never happened because they would have understood like, nah, dude is the best thing for her. Because, and the business. And the business. Right. Because the communication know. would have been there. You were just doing your job, it that seems. It. And letting her do her. Mm-hmm. And then when it hit the fan, she didn't understand. And then you have, in your defense, you have these lawyers that are telling you these things Big and showing time. you. This is 50 right, cents And lawyer, showing you, you know? yeah, mm-hmm. and showing you these documents mm-hmm. and you can't read it. It looks like Chinese to Just you. five contracts. You know yeah. what I mean? You but, know what I mean? Like, you know, like a con, like a legal contract. Right. Like you need a PhD, yeah. right. a law degree. Like said you earlier, need, like it was crazy for him to even, you know, write up the contract for the performance because that's, he understands all well, after stuff. the litigation, I felt like I should have went back to school to be a lawyer. lawyer. Well, that's what it sounds like. You sound incredibly bright yeah, and capable. You, so, yeah. Because it was a couple of times I had to check myself like, damn, did I do that? Right. You know, you, you start looking at these these things and it's like, OK, for it to go this far, mm-hmm. there's got to be some merit to it. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing I said to my attorney. Like, you know, I wear a Jewish high and I just feel like they they move differently. Like they they don't make those type of confrontations. There's no litigation going on. They pick up the phone and they they figure things out. So mm-hmm. the and my lawyer was black. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to a Jewish lawyer. Not gonna go over as well as you might think. So I asked him like, you know, like I came to you asking what we should do in this situation to make sure legally we were sound right. and good to go. She had an attorney. I had an attorney. I paid for both. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we here? Right. What, what, what did I miss? What memo? And, you know, it was one of those things. Like I said, it was, it was a shell game and, you know, to unbeknownst to her, the project went from being 200 and something thousand dollars to almost a million dollars on the first Not album. I knew. I know you knew, sit, know staying what? at the Lowe's and flying first class and, you know, doing everything that, that new artists do. I'm getting the invoices. Like real new thing. money, right? Yeah, I got to <laughs> sign. And now <laughs> I still have to sign off on uh-huh. everything. Right. So they're still asking me to approve this still your foolishness. Yeah, right. because it's still my artist. And I'm just sitting here like, but I couldn't place the, 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 the blame totally on her just because I knew what her personality was. Mm-hmm. So when you ask, how do we still get back here today? It was because I, I saw this for what it was when it first started. You know what I mean? There was no shock or surprise to me as to why things happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was, how did we stay there for so long? And, you know, what did, what, what was the misstep as to what we could have done to prevent it from happening? Now, so you sued everybody. Sued everybody. Well, okay. she sued me first. So that, yes. and that, that was the other thing. Yes. Every, everybody thinks that Biggs just came out the gate with guns a blazing. She, we submitted the album. It took a year and a half for the album to come out on the anniversary of us putting the album out. The, the, the June 7th mm-hmm. album drops. I get served with papers. Mm-hmm. And that's where 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 all all the stuff started from. How successful was the album? It's gold now. Well, you can tell the story to how okay. it got there. I'm sure, you want me to speak now? <laughs> <laughs> so the album comes out, and remember, I'm still this kid mm-hmm. from Long Island with a duct tape backpack. Eight of black, eight one of eight black kids in my school, Afro, and we put this album out, and they say twenty seven thousand people bought the album. I'm through the roof. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 27,000 people bought my record. Right. <laughs> right. wasn't happy. <laughs> well, remember mm-hmm. back then, 20, 27,000 now, it would be, a, oh, dope. Back then? It was not. It was a different cool. it was a I'm different surprised industry. they still promoted it with 27,000. Right. Well, per, 
still still kept going. Right. I was right. surprised. Well, now that I look back, so I, but I'm so excited and thinking that this is some big great number, and I get to the you know the office or my mom gets to the office, and they tell her that's not a good number. I'm like. I don't know what they talking about. Where's my Kurzweil? You know, back then I used to have a Kurzweil piano and I bring it with me everywhere I went. So I had this new Mercedes and put it in my, put the Kurzweil in my- Convertible Mercedes too, wasn't it? it was convertible? My mom didn't let me get the convertible. Oh, the convertible. Okay. Yeah. So, because uh, the Kurzweil is too big. But yep. I put it in the uh, trunk and me and my mom create our own bunch of shows. We told, I'm talking about that. Mercedes went all over the country. So we went all the way to the Bay Area mm-hmm. with this. You with drove the, to the Bay? <clears throat> we drove. We took flights when we could. We mm-hmm. wasn't really well-versed in putting travel together. We just figured, just we, we on out. tour. <laughs> <laughs> just keep driving. Uh-huh. We drove and drove and drove and sang everywhere they would let us sing over and over again. $200 here, $500 there until the album went gold. But it took as you can see, I'm quite tenacious, mm-hmm. I guess. And I don't really do no well. Like, I don't do no's well. And so if I didn't make the mark, I'm going to run until this mark is made. Mm-hmm. I heard that gold was a good idea, so let's just get there. The album, the first song, the single gets Grammy nominated. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, sweat. The second uh, song wins a Grammy. I'm like, oh, sweat. Like, wow. it, it, it was... So, but it took some time. I didn't mind taking time because, you know, it was my first album. I didn't know... That that wasn't successful. So during that time when you guys weren't talking, weren't speaking, were you dating somebody else? And were you dating somebody else? Oh, I was mm-hmm. always dating somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> always dating yep. somebody. Yeah. You gotta understand. You're that sheltered little girl. Yeah, now from, she's out of her Long Island now anymore. Now she's out the shell. Now you sitting on the couch, bank head bouncing, <laughs> talking about I was always. <laughs> you gotta know that I love a party. I love a beautiful, well put together champagne shower. It's just, it's a wonderful, uh, unifying time. In my opinion, I really feel that way. I, you couldn't, you didn't have to ask me twice to put a shoe on and a dress on and go out. And so, I wasn't drinking. I had never really alcohol wasn't one of my things. But the people that I was around um, introduced me to this uh, poise and this new feminine identity that I had never really identified with. And it was fun for me. It felt really nice to me. Um, Karen Kwok, who you may know from Def Jam back in the day, I remember mm-hmm. going to my first like big party. It's L.A. Reads um, in his hotel suite. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Well, well I don't drink. You know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol." She said, "Well, this is what you do. You just sit on the edge of the couch, sit up straight, and you just hold a glass of of sparkling water. You just hold it. You sit up straight, and that's what I did for like a couple of years. I just held glasses and, and sat up straight, <laughs> and it bring me to all different kinds of places. As mm-hmm. long as I was, you know, holding that glass and standing up straight. After a while, my back started to hurt. Like it was like." <laughs> This is really not, I don't know if I'm telling the truth, you know, right now. I don't, I don't know if, and I'm holding my back up straight and keeping my chin up because I'm fighting with the man that I love. 
um, I'm holding my back and, and keep, because my agent is giving me every date that he can possibly give me on the calendar to pay for this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one album. By the time we got to the second album, I was exhausted. I was like really emotionally tired. And it was I, like a divorce. Yeah. It was, that's what my mom yeah. called exactly it. Yeah, it was like a, yeah. Divorce. Yeah, it was a divorce. Yeah. yeah. So I get into the studio with Neo and, and, and I'm like, yo, I, I can't even, I, I don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Right. So he starts writing from my heart and I'm like, I didn't say that. Uh, I'm not going to write about being sad. And he was like, you have to. So I think kind of like at the time, you just do whatever Neo says. Like, you don't ask him questions. He was, you know, that guy who not only um, uh, put great stories together, but he was really beautiful, loving, compassionate individual. Mm -hmm. You felt at home and really safe with him. What year was this? Uh, This is 2009 now. Okay. Yeah. So he and I penned the album um, Epiphany, mm-hmm. and that comes out, and it's, oh, sweat is number one on the billboard 80, charts. 000, right? How mm-hmm. many wrecks did you sell, Chris? 81,000. 81, oh, oh, fail. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the lowest selling, highest charting oh, album of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so I get into Jay-Z's uh, Bentley, and my cousin buys me a pair of sixes, and I go and, uh, you know, walk in my sixes to a tea spot and I just sit at uh, Cafe. Gosh, what's the name of the cafe? Well, it's on, uh, it's whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I went and sat there and um, I just like started to think, like, I started to feel like I kind of don't fit in anywhere. Do you know? Like, when I do good, it's not good enough. Do you know? And, when I do bad, you don't say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It's like there's all these chords and strings to things that I'm not sure if I identify with or make the mark to be. And it was like I was starting to get exhausted. So my agent sends me around the world, um, sends me around the world one and a half times, all these different countries with the Epiphany album. And I meet lots of people. I meet people in Japan with afros and, and people in Africa with perms. It was just like <laughs> I saw everything I needed to see. Mm-hmm. And I come back and my hair is exhausted from all the people pulling and tugging on it. And so I just I just I shaved my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, what the hell? Now, is yeah, going? Where are you looking from? I'm I'm looking from the same perspective that you would from okay. the outside. So you're so on the look outside like, looking like I think that's when it got real to me. Yeah, she had, I, had a Caesar. A no, shaved, she had shaved, a bald head, bro. Bald? I don't bald. Caesar, bald. Caesar, Caesar. No, it was Caesar. Caesar. It was yeah. little. It was little, 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 little something. Little something. It was like mine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We got and off the I'm, tour bus in in LA and ran to the barbershop. I was like, I'm sick of this. I'm independent mind. I can think for oh, this whole time. Wow. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. f- the same fight. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, you, you can't define, you can't tell me what to say. Mm-hmm. I have to say it my way. And just that kept happening over and over again. And we get to the third album, Let Freedom Reign. And I decide, I don't want to tour just in the States. Now I want to tour and speak to the military. So we go to, Afghanistan mm-hmm. and we speak to the troops and now I'm seeing more and I come back and I'm you know enraged about what I had to see people going through there and it was always something in me you know 
maybe maybe that's political i don't know what that is i don't know what that's called but uh well that's where i thought you were going when you did let freedom reign i'm like you i know, thought i, I saw was the stars and the stripes i'm like okay yeah. she's gonna be a politician and what did you think when you seen her bald yeah I, she's gonna be a politician did you was like i said this ain't gonna work like <laughs> so, so you're all about making statements and i was having yes and going against the grain and yeah. doing you and asserting yourself and forget the masses i'm gonna do what my heart tells me to do. Yeah, bald yeah. is a like bold. you stand. You stand on your own too, and you're like, whatever comes my way, comes my way. Yeah, well, you only live once, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, but as much as I love Def Jam, and I always will. Def Jam, ugh, man, that would be a whole nother podcast. But that place taught me so much. It showed me how to love in the midst of a corporate storm. Do you know? You might mm-hmm. work together for quote unquote the man, but there's a camaraderie that was at that building in those days that uh, I learned so much from. I learned how to build a company working at Dev Jam, but <clears throat> we get through Let Freedom Reign and I go through this deep exhaustion of of everything and we get into our last deposition and we're in the middle of it and I'm like, I don't, you know, I kind of don't want to do this anymore. So we get up from the deposition and go into a separate room and we basically rewrite the contract mm-hmm. that we were trying to negotiate the whole mm-hmm. time with our own two hands. Mm-hmm. So y'all pay all the lawyers for nothing. All to, to go in the room money. by yourself and rewrite yeah. it. And I was asking that from day one, but again, yeah. they wouldn't let us talk, mm-hmm. you know? So when when she kind of shut down the, the, the lines of communication, was like, yeah, talk to my mom and talk to my lawyer. You know, it, it wasn't a possibility until she was ready to be able to say, mm-hmm. you know what, I could sit across the table from this dude. And I, and I think I know him a lot better than than y'all do. When did you forgive her, though? Like, when when was that conversation? Um, that, that, I this think, is good. This this forgiveness got to be a good forgiveness. I, you know, no, no, no. <laughs> me. You done mess with other guys and now you're bald like <laughs> I, and nah, now I, you're think, bald. I think it was when I saw that hurt when I when I'm looking at her and I'm like you know what that's the same person that I went to college with and and and, and, and if you ask your mom I would tell her this all the time it got to the point that I was I was calling audibles from the sidelines I'm telling mom what to do and what not to do because through it all and in spite of it all I wanted to see her Paris knows we we still book dates for her mm-hmm. like I would call her all the time want her to win and she couldn't understand it she's like ma get off the phone like, she's like why are you t-? sometimes I would hear in the back why are you talking to him and I'm like at that point I realized that she was more hurt than anything because people so I never I never placed what happened in the legal battle on our relationship mm-hmm. I decompartmentalized those two things until we got the chance to speak and that was the best thing for me because when we talked it was almost like we went right back to being friends mm-hmm. you know because all of this stuff while we had been through it that was the only way that I knew to weather it because I would have drove myself crazy looking at what people decided to put me through right. and these were people that knew absolutely nothing about me you knew that her intention wasn't bad yeah Right. And I knew it's if we could have sat down, mm-hmm. we we would have done exactly what we did seven years later. We mm-hmm. would have settled it, but that that wouldn't have been in the best just interest too many of our interferences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, litigators cost good money, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and and it wouldn't um, have been in their best interest for us to sit down and talk and settle things that quick. That's the truth. Now, what was the first conversation like when you decided, you know what? Let's get back together. Let Let, let me just say that because <clears throat> I always, you know, I I think the whole. S- 10 years was a kick Chrisette's ego in the ass because a lot of and if you listen to the story you may not place blame on me or him you may choose what you most identify with but the time from the time that we met 
there was this thing of don't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Nobody tells me what to do. You might not know that by looking at me. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is probably why I have a sleeve now. It's like, I said, don't tell me what to do. But over all these years, it's been pit stops where I had to say, I said, don't tell me what to do. So we keep going. We get finally to, I'm at my rock bottom mm-hmm. when we get into that room together. I am exhausted with fighting. Every time I look at my litigator, she says, that'll be $40,000. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Every time I look at her, and this is keeping up still with my collection at home of shoes. Mm-hmm. You understand? Which, you know, was my favorite thing at the time. I get to the point where we, we get in the room together. That's done. Now I, I move to Los Angeles. I have all this experience in L.A. I've got all these clothes. And you might understand what it's like to express yourself through your clothing when it doesn't seem like what you're saying is resonating. Mm-hmm. You might say, well, maybe if I put this on, they'll see that I mean this. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I'm natural, they'll see that I'm for the people. Right. Maybe if I wear a weave, the ratchets will think that I agree or, 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 or I, I'm with them. Right. You know, like you you put all these different things on. Now, as you heard him say, when we first met, the first time he saw me, my hair was long. The second time he met me, I had on baggy jeans. Like I've always expressed myself right. mm-hmm. through whatever is visual. That's just been my passion since mm-hmm. I was young. So skip ahead to Los Angeles. I'm in L.A. and somebody gets shot and killed. I've dealt with a lot of murder around my life. Just cousins and family members. Black on black crime is nuts in my family. But um, it's, this person gets shot and killed across from where I live. And I wake up in cold sweat the next day. And I'm like, Mom, I got to get the hell out of here. I, we won't go into detail of what I went through in L.A. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, time. But I... My sis, my assistant and I sell all of my stuff on Parshmark. I'm like, I have to let go of everything like that. Because a part of... All the shoes that you love? Every everything. single shoe. <laughs> we uh, we went to all the different vintage spots in LA and sold as much as we could. And then I just ended up giving away some of my furniture. I just had to get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when mm-hmm. I shaved my head. It's like you had to cleanse. I had to cleanse. Had to cleanse. I was so tired of trying to explain mm-hmm. and express. And... Uh, being safe at the same time mm-hmm. because the part of me that was always trying to be safe is the part that would try to protect my family values mm-hmm. I don't know what my mom will think if I go up against this person if I write a song about this I don't know if I should put it out because I wrote a song called Let Freedom Rain I was like but I can't put that out as a single I'll just put it as a track that you kind of listen mm-hmm. to if you want to always kind of like sidestepping yourself sidestepping yeah. myself mm-hmm. so I fly home and I say mom please don't book me for anything else like just don't book another date and so I, I go in her basement and I kind of now in my new Target pajamas, my onesies, I go and hang out with the Bible and prayer and I just kind of get alone. And the first vision I had was of Douglas. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's what you want to talk about. <laughs> so I go to my mom and say, mom, I don't know what's going on, but I'm having feelings for Dougie. And she goes, of course you are. It's the best thing that ever happened to you. I'm like, really? You totally could have told me that before like I had years all ago. these nerves. <laughs> ago. You've, been, you've been sitting on that for years? Hot dog, mom. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing about that was um, right around the time that she had gotten into that shooting, you have Chinks' hat there, and you know what we went through with that. Like, Chinks passed away. Chinks passed away around about the same time. So when I say he, I he was- used to manage Chinks. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was at rock bottom, mm. you know, because we had worked so hard 
to get him to the point that he was just about to take off and to see his life snuffed out. I'm just like, again, a huge setback and disappointment with mm-hmm. like the industry as a whole, because it's like, okay, well, when does it stop? Right. And, um, I was just like, man, like it, 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 it didn't get any worse. That's why everybody used to call me bigs because I was a lot bigger. I probably lost about, you know, 60, 70 pounds mm-hmm. just because I was, I, 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 I just couldn't connect the dots. That mm-hmm. was the first time in my life that I had felt defeated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and then, um, the same deal. It was the first time in my life where I felt defeated and I had to like, let go of everything. So I fly home and I'm in the gym and I write him an email from like the, I think it was the treadmill or the elliptical. It just came to me like what to say. And it started off with thanking him and it moved into what I learned from him. And I sent it, you know, and he writes me back right away and he goes, I never stopped loving you. Mm-hmm. Was how he started it. And I was just like, Mom! <laughs> That's that G. Mommy! <laughs> Mommy said he still loves me. Is it okay if I still love him? <laughs> she was like, Yes, you can still love him. I was like, Are you sure? <laughs> She's like, Yes. Yeah. So I, I call him now and we have a conversation, my favorite word. And we start talking again. Um, and he's ending up that he's flying to New York soon. And I'm flying to, I mean, I'm going to an event in New York. And so we meet at my hotel after the event. And we start talking. He comes with a bottle of Stog's Leap. <laughs> and um, we finish the whole thing. We don't fall asleep. We talk until 7 a.m. We take a nap. And then we leave the hotel. And he's like, you want to come to my place? And I'm like, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm like texting my mom, going to his place, say a prayer, you know. And she's, she's like, stop like, it writing. She's Get like, condoms. <laughs> no, she, she's like, she's like, and you're coming home tonight, right, Chrisette? And I'm like, yes. Um, and so I don't, I don't go home. I don't go home. And then I go to my mom's house the next day and I'm like, mom, I'm going back. And she's like, you know, praying and all this kind of stuff and I'm like mom you know I got tired of my mom's voice and I, I usually don't say that out loud because I have a lot of respect for her she's a God fearing woman who, who raised me well um, but I got tired of her voice at this age I felt like it was time for me to have my own mm-hmm. and I stayed at his house for about six days and then we went to the studio we had some conversations about when it's great music, music so we go to the studio and uh, we're recording for maybe a day. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we should totally get married. Like, why would we have gone through all this mm-hmm. to not get married? That would be stupid. Like, right. we've learned enough. We picked up from where we left off. Maybe the next day he invites me or the manager of the studio at Jungle City mm-hmm. invites <laughs> me to the rooftop of the studio. It's beautiful. New York City skyline. Uh, pink rose petals all on the ground and he gets down on one knee and he starts talking I didn't hear anything he says because I'm like screaming mm-hmm. <laughs> and finally you know I have end up with this ring on my finger after all this noise apparently we got engaged so that's like the long story but it was seven days after we started yeah, talking seven days and they'll just let everything go from the past yeah but the big yeah. thing like the big thing at this point to me is like they say, zero to 100. Mm-hmm. You knew that you wanted to marry her. Just yeah. tell me what that was about. Tell me what went through your head. You go from the struggle and then you see her off, you know, touring and doing everything and you're watching it from afar and then, you know, 
you guys get back together and now you're in this space and it's only been six days and you're like, I need to make this girl my wife. What was that? Well, it, it was funny because <clears throat> even through the litigation, given the opportunity, I think I would have done the same thing. You know, you get mm. to the point that you've gone through enough in life, you've experienced enough in life when you know who and what your soulmate mm-hmm. is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So clarity. Yeah. Clarity. When and 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 again, it it it's 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 one of those things where everything else got shut out. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say we were working like slaves with chinks, like that that was my reason for being. Right. You know, and when you get to that 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 low place of just not being able to understand anything and you look at your self-worth and value and you try to figure out, you know, what do, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You know, what do I want this next chapter to be? And I felt like I couldn't imagine it not being with her after we started, you know, talking again. Clarity. So it was mm-hmm. it was that crystal clear message of like, OK, what do you this is your defining moment as to what you're going to do, you know? And I noticed with you guys, I, I noticed beforehand you guys were in a relationship and it was just a relationship. Now, when I see you guys, it's, I don't want to say cute because I'm a guy, but it's <laughs> cute to see. Mm-hmm. When they walk in the room, he has her hand mm-hmm. and he's, he's he's holding her. And I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm happy for you guys. He's After yes. hearing the story, we're definitely happy for you guys. You. And I, what I was going to say before is, so you guys just forgive. Y'all don't bring nothing up from the past. You forgive and just Oh, we have a lot of conversation. I said, I took paper clips and I was his girlfriend and that, those gifts were for me. And I'm not <laughs> well, taking see, that back. The, the difference is when you say gifts, like <laughs> when I gave him the receipts, the flowers wasn't on there. Mm-hmm. The teddy bear wasn't on there. My Jordans was. But the Jordans were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, 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 and the, the, hold on, hold on. Ah, yes, no, very, the, very, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the bra and the panties that you needed to, to go and, yeah. you know, prop everything up and look good on stage? Yes, because I wrote we it off as a business expense. Yeah, as a the business The Spanx was expense. definitely a business And understand, expense. I had never heard of any of these things, like uh-huh. Spanx and all stuff. But he knew. I, he was, he, he... Straight to Jamaica Avenue. Come on, let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he was so he was such a good, so good with like putting outfits together and all that kind of stuff. So it, I, I didn't even I didn't even think like about doing that she stuff. Was like, I had to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> so no, we still we still joke. We joke and, about it yeah. and right. and seriously have some conversations sometimes. But it's one of those things where it's like, yo, this is totally my destiny. I'm not going through that again without you. Because when we first got back together, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of cool with like not singing anymore. This is so overrated. Like no one's listening. No more? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I felt like every like now a lot of what I'm saying is going over people's heads. Like. Do I maybe I should just write a book or start a poetry site or open up an open mic night somewhere where we're not gonna allow you to do that? Well, well, he wasn't gonna either. Okay, I think that your thought process is Mm -hmm. a little otherworldly. Like, Mm -hmm. you from just from meeting you today and Mm -hmm. sitting in this room, I'm sitting here concentrating on every word that you say because I want to make sure that I understand. I'm not the type of person that can smile and nod. Like Mm -hmm. if you say something, I need to walk away understanding what you said. So as you're talking, my impression is, wow, she's very artistic and she 
thinks differently than mainstream and your thought process and that's you. So as you're talking, I don't even think that you identify it. But me as a listener, I have to pull from other parts of my mental to really kind of center and be like, okay, that's what she means. That's why earlier on I had to be like, I know I asked you this question three times, but let's let, but let's that's the let's thing. connect artists, this. And that's what makes good managers. You right. have to know how to channel the creativity. Right. You have to be able to say, not now, do this, don't do that. And then you also have to know when to take your hands off because one of the things people said was how could a manager let her do the inauguration? Right. And now you guys hear the backstory behind that. Mm-hmm. There is a fine line between creativity and 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 management. You know what I mean? Like you still have to allow a person to be a person and stand for what they believe in. But then, you know, as a manager, we got to say, baby, not this song, direct not it. right now. Yeah, like, let's, let's go in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And we have that. That's not something that she's been able to share with many people and not feel like, you know, she's been oppressed and, and, and not being able to have a voice, you know, because there's an art to that. Right. And she trusts you. I totally trust him. The only reason I'm able to do any of this stuff is because he's by my side. I'm every day. I'm like, please don't go, (laughs) you know, because the years alone with, or or the years without him. And there's a song on my latest album called soulmate that just kind of talks about it. But the years without him, I didn't really feel, uh, supported. Mm -hmm. Do you know? Um, and so there were times where, I wanted to say one thing, but I was kind of like, nobody's going to catch me if I fall. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like I've got somebody to catch me if I fall. So he's the one going through all the Twitter comments and Mm -hmm. saying, okay, babe, you need to respond to this one. Because he he got you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For everybody out there listening that might not know Chrisette Michelle's voice or music, and that might be a hip hop head, let's not forget that she did Aston Martin music. Mm -hmm. That's her voice on Mm -hmm. it. Jay-Z lost one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nas, uh, hip hop is dead. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of stuff dead. on there. Yeah, so, so she does get busy. Like, yeah. she's a hip-hop head. Right. Like, don't get it twisted. She is a hip-hop head. And I love hip-hop, and I love the culture mm-hmm. of hip-hop. I was, I, just one quick story. I was in uh, Tokyo, and uh, Lost When I just came out, and I was going to buy the swishy pants from the 90s because they have all those vintage stores. Yeah. So I'm picking it up, and Lost One comes on the radio in this little, like, hut of a store on a sidewalk in Harajuku. It was like, you know what I'm saying? So hip-hop is this universal language that, you know what I'm saying? I had the privilege of speaking. Let me ask you a question now. So you plan on getting married. Mm-hmm. Quick quick question. When when do you plan on getting married? November. Mm-hmm. Oh, November. Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be a unit. Not that you're not a unit now, but under God, you're going to be a unit. Yeah. How are you going to do your finances? Well, that's already came into play now. Like, yeah. It's, yeah it's- he is amazing with money. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really good with it. That's not one of my fortes. I'm really good with spending money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like amazing at it. But I'm also like a super hard worker. So I will work however many days I got to work and get whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to tell me what to do. Right. 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 So, I mean, this is the girl who will work her ass off for that portion. Will work her ass off for that range. Will work her ass off for that. Those three bedrooms. And she's just one person. And he's teaching me now. Like... You don't have to have everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to. Do you know what I mean? And I'm starting to realize that I can wear things twice. Unbeknownst to this. <laughs> Sprint. Nobody, I know, nobody would ever know this, right? I could have, like, one shade of red. Ruby was fine. You don't have to have every single one. Um, mm-hmm. Shoes can just be one color at a time, Chris. Like, it's... <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. We need bigs, babe. Is it? <laughs> we need the ball. Yeah, I know. I understand. You know why? Because we are the same. Like we're, we're both like you. Oh. Oh. Well, let me face that. The old you. Right. Like we want every shade of red. Yeah. Like I'll come home and be like, babe, I, I want this car. She'd be like, you just bought a car. Right. You don't need a car. And then I'll be like, all right, I walk off like a, like a child that can't get what he wants. Mm-hmm. She'll come back in the room. But babe, you work hard. So let's go get that car. Like, that's how we are. The same thing. That's with, so funny. Like, you know, Gia yeah. has a bag here, right? She called me yesterday. was like, babe, um, so I was at Hermes and uh, I was like, what are you doing at Hermes? I thought you were out to eat with your friends. She was like, yeah, but it was around the corner for Hermes and <laughs> they had this bag that I wanted. But I left my credit card at home. You want to come right now? I'm like, yeah. Sure, babe. And I just did. But well, that's okay, how. well, I'll be real. Like, he does really big gifts as surprises right. you know so it's kind of like well right now I want a cocker spaniel and that's yeah, not happening that's, that's so he nice. picks when these big <laughs> gifts are going to happen mm-hmm, do you know what I mean mm-hmm. I think that's a little controlling you get to decide when I get big presents well, if he's I mean, no, no, you, she, she, that's not right. controlling. And, and see, that's <laughs> that's thing. generous. So right. like, but you see that ego again, like, <laughs> yeah, your you ego might be a little bit of a problem. The bag, <laughs> you got the bag. Well, I didn't get it the day that I was supposed. To, you know, like, I'm just micromanaging. You're trying to control I guess. me by giving it to me well, on my and then birthday. I had, I had to, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, in the industry, I, I really did have to micromanage. I had to create companies. I had to hire and fire people. I had I had a lot to do, and so us coming together. I'm being stripped of mm-hmm. so much responsibility. And so little by little, this rigid girl who had to figure it out without a degree in it is realizing that she's going to be okay. You know, so yeah. he's he's been amazing with well, that. Well, you're helping her be okay. Yeah. yeah. Right? We appreciate you guys for stopping through, man. Thank, Thank you for so us. much. This Super is fun. cool. I hope people learn something about relationships, about Chrisette Michelle. About forgiveness. <laughs> about forgiveness. Yeah. About clarity. To me, um, what smoke, but spoke volumes during this is your moment of clarity Mm. like when you said I went through everything that I needed to go through if we went through all of that and I didn't end up here it was for nothing you know like that's clarity and when and when you said that you know you just had to cleanse to get to that next space that you needed to be in those are the to me those are the important lessons lessons that people can really pull from and take away from and kind of apply to their lives. Absolutely. Totally. All right. Yeah. Now, if you want to email us, you can. It's the Casey crew at Gmail. It's T-H-E-E Casey crew at gmail.com. And don't forget, we will be at Caroline's February 13th for a live broadcast of our show. Now, Chrisette, mm-hmm. we just need you to do one more thing. Uh-oh. We got to close this out with a prayer. So we're going to let you do the prayer. Oh, of course. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, for your love, your kindness and your care. I thank you for bringing us all together here today just to have a conversation um, and to shed some light and some love on what it's like uh, to honor you through uh, the marital union. I ask that you would just allow people to just be moved and touched and uh, freed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. We'll see you guys next week. Toodles. 